The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and get a $500 risk-free sports bet by downloading the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning today. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com to get a $500 risk-free bet from us at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 and a chance to win a million bucks. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Indeed, ring the bell one final time in the month of July as we come in on another edition of our show about the sweet science. Your one stop for everything boxing is the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am the somewhat capable host of the show straight ahead. Some immediate help from Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Later on in the podcast, we'll be joined by a special guest, Gail Falkenthal, out in SoCal, Southern California, in San Diego. She'll give us some insight. Uh, Gail writes for a couple of different outlets, including most recently, NewYorkFights.com, as well as News. She loves the sport of boxing, been a boxing fan and in the boxing media for over 40 years of her life. And I'm not trying to date her. Uh, no, what, whatsoever, Gail not making her out to be ancient. Heck, I'm older than Gail. So in any event, she will be here hanging out uh, with us a little bit later on to give us some wisdom on all things Canelo. We'll talk some Olympics boxing and then the shambles that are left of the two pro fight cards in Newark, New Jersey for the PBC on Fox show Saturday night in the U.S. And earlier in the day, the Matchroom Boxing Show with Eddie Hearns outfit in his backyard, the Matchroom Boxing Headquarters backyard, where the main event has gone by the wayside because of COVID-19 and they're scrambling to put the rest of the card uh, together to kick off a, what, four-week fight series of fight camp in his backyard. Uh, So we'll talk about those fights a little bit later on uh, in the show. Again, much more on Canelo Alvarez in just a moment. First, I remind you, however you found us, social media link. If you found us through sportsgamblingpodcast.com, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, Whatever the case is, the the Sports Gambling Podcast does a great job of promoting us. Make sure you subscribe to this here little podcast from Big Fight Weekend. Find us on Apple Podcasts and follow us. Follow us as well on Spotify. They keep saying, tell everybody to follow, not subscribe. You don't have to pay to get this podcast. Follow it on Apple Podcasts. Follow it on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere else, whether it's Stitcher, whether it's Google Podcasts. Uh, podcast attic, wherever you get your podcast, you will find Big Fight Weekend. So subscribe and it comes automatically to you, usually on Fridays, like late morning, mid-afternoon, Eastern time. We come in in the preview mode. If it warrants, as I say, 
uh, breaking news, recap of a great fight that weekend. We may come back off of the weekend and recap. If you are subscribed, you'll get the podcast automatically to your uh, device, your phone, your iPad, et cetera. It will ding and you will be good uh, to be with us. All right. So let's bring him in. Here is the senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. I'm based here in the Tampa Bay area. He used to be in the Sunshine State with me, but he's still in the Mile High City of uh, Denver, Colorado. He was not a Nuggets uh, draft pick, but he's still in Denver nonetheless. Marquise Johns back with me for another week. Happy end of July. Good to have you. Um, Let's get right into it. How are things? Things have got to be better than the Canelo-Caleb plant negotiations. How are you? Pretty good, TJ, and I hate to say this, and I'm, I'm trying to say this with a straight face to you. It is Anvi Yildrum Fight Week because he's the one guy that's left at this point because all these other cards have been scrapped by COVID, but here we are this weekend. Yeah, there's not much for PBC or for Matchroom to try to scramble with, and interesting that one of Camillo's victims from earlier in the year is back in action allegedly in the ring. And we, and we should disclaim for the first of several times, these are evolving stories. I mean, just on Thursday alone, we've learned that Connor Ben can't fight in the London main event. The unbeaten welterweight, the son of the two-division world champion, Nigel Ben, was to headline for matchroom boxing on zone. Big fight in the UK if you're a UK fight fan. He's out because of COVID-19. We have learned after earlier in the week that the main event has been altered for PBC on Fox involving Michael Coffey, the unbeaten heavyweight. His opponent, Gerald Washington, out due to COVID-19. Now two of the undercard fights are gone off the PBC show because of COVID-19. So you're you're somewhat kidding, but you're somewhat serious here, and it's a larger topic that we're going to address as the show goes on here about are we headed back to the bubbles with no fans, et cetera, if this continues to accelerate with outbreak of the COVID-19 Delta variant and it's scrapping fight after fight, is that what we're headed to? We'll talk about that. But back to the Canelo situation, that's mm-hmm. not COVID-19 related for the moment. That is Keish Green, uh, straight cash homie, Brad Money, Moolah, <laughs> uh, and they cannot agree. Uh, Canelo, PBC, and Caleb Plant's uh, camp can't agree to the September 18th fight terms. We have no fight right now between those guys. Marquise, what do you make of this at this stage subject to change? Always subject to change, TJ, and it's kind of disappointing only from the aspect that I was kind of looking forward to seeing this fight because it's the one fight in terms of this for the pretty much in terms of boxing. It's a unification bout at 168. Get to see Undisputed, get to put all four belts on the line. It also gives up for my thing the reason I want to see it because I want to see what Caleb Plant looked against an actual world champion, not against you know the the the, uh, the the run of the mill that he's been writing on the IBF erase board, TJ, the uh, Caleb Truaxes and the Mike Lees and the Vincent Feigen boots of the world. You know, <laughs> actual world competition, and that's all taken away from him along with this payday because uh, they can't agree to terms. It's it's very unfortunate. I thought it was very interesting that we, you get honesty, you get insight, and Caleb Plant was just uh, heaping on the direct shots at Caleb at uh, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, and, and spilling it all to Mike Coppinger of ESPN. Kudos to him. He got Caleb Plant on the record. And Plant said, uh, look, I'll go over two or three of the specifics. He's being guaranteed $40 million, Canelo. We had every concession. You can have the Mexican pay-per-view money all to yourself. You could have Hennessy as the primary sponsor and keep all the money. We agreed to that. We agreed to a one-way rematch clause. At first, there was no rematch clause, but now it's a one-way rematch clause 
where if I win Caleb Plant, I have to give him a rematch, but if he beats me, they move on. And even more ridiculous, what PBC had apparently agreed to was here we go again with COVID-19 or illness or injury. If Caleb Plant got hurt or sick in the next six, eight weeks or on the verge of the fight, they could pop in a replacement fighter and Canelo still gets all of his money and the whole deal. Whereas if Canelo is hurt or Canelo gets COVID-19, they would have to delay, postpone, and wait for him to have the fight. And as Caleb Plant said in his comments to ESPN, we agreed to that. We agreed to let that happen. And yet there's still not a deal for the fight. What do you make of hearing all of those specifics? Because that's pretty compelling stuff. Yeah, TJ, it sounds like Canelo is the actor who has to have a certain brand of water before the movie taping or chaos <laughs> ensues and he becomes disgruntled and doesn't want to read the script. It sounds pretty much like Canelo is taking every advantage he could of his A-side in, in terms of all of this, which is kind of strange too, TJ, because for as much as these much concessions as PBC has given and let's be honest he said that dope for a PBC fighter that was a lot of concessions to get this fight going and it still wasn't enough it makes you really wonder at the end of the day what happened with all of this to where Canelo just kept saying no maybe he really it, it, at least that at least that bizarre reasonable doubt that maybe Canelo can didn't I tell want you, plan. Can, can I tell you and we're going to talk about this with Gail coming up they want yes. him for more than one fight that's what this comes down to and it's the same thing that they insisted with Manny Pacquiao. It's the same thing that they were insisting uh, when anybody else comes into their fold. These are not one-off situations where you get to cherry pick. I'll fight for you. Then I'll go fight for top rank. Then I might come back to you. Then I might go to the zone because they see the more lucrative next fight, depending on what happens here. If Canelo is undisputed and maybe just somebody like Jamal Charlo move up, out of 160 as the WBC champ to fight him at 168. That would be a much more interesting, much more lucrative fight. Sorry, Caleb Plant, if Jamal Charlo moves up. So they are looking for the second fight in the payday. And doesn't this go back to what DeZon had problems with, uh, with him as well, which is we want to have some say-so in your opponents in this multi-fight deal. And Canelo kept hemming and hawing with Oscar De La Hoya and with DeZone about I want to fight who I want to fight. He eventually divorces De La Hoya's Golden Boy Promotions. He eventually mm -hmm. gets his own deals with Eddie Hearn showing the fights under the matchroom umbrella. But, uh, I mean, it's rather obvious with all those concessions Caleb Plant was laying out, isn't it, that this is about a multi-fight deal with PBC, Premier Boxing Champions, that Alvarez doesn't want. Absolutely, TJ. And, and it's funny that they mentioned it, and it, it's a bizarre public relations nightmare in terms of uh, negotiating fights where they mentioned in the Coppins report where Canelo's getting 40 million bucks, right? Of course, they want, of course they want a second fight. They got to make their money back. There's no way, there's, right. no way there's no way around that. They're not making, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care who's listening to this. Any PBC apologist, Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant's not making 50 million bucks, period, no. point blank. I don't they care who it is. They would be fortunate if it makes half that off a of pay-per-view. Yeah. And yeah. it may not even make $25 million. It might only make like $15 million. They're going to take a loss, is your point. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And they have to recoup it some way or another. And they know that if they, if they bleed on the first one, they could probably, you know, you know, bandage it back up with the second fight, like you mentioned with you know, Jamal Charlo or even even David Benavides, who's uh, facing a, a, a WBC eliminator against the remains of Jose Uscatagi for some reason to get his WBC belt back that, Currently is in the hands of Canelo that he wants to fight for again. But yeah, that, that's the reason why that's that that that's holding all of this up, TJ. But it, it also as well for in and to to 
give credit where PBC is on this, where they're standing, they're, they're being steadfast on this, and they kind of have to on this. Not only do they not want to lose money, as you mentioned with the Manny Pacquiao, they want to help it to build their other fighters as well. Say Caleb Plant loses, then want you know Charles or Benavides can step up for that second fight to get you know to face Canelo, like kind of like what Pacquiao is doing with Spence, Furman, Correct. Broner, etc. <laughs> Well, right. They did the two-fight deal where Pacquiao fought Broner, but always in the offing was the next bout, like you're talking about, with an unbeaten Keith Thurman. Mm -hmm. And it has now led to the unification fight eventually here, two years later with Errol Spence. Fighters that PBC controls and that they're around. Um, All right, so one more on this point. And again, we'll have more with Gail Falkenthal a little bit later on in the podcast on this subject. Is this tarnishing Canelo somewhat? At this point, what what's your take on that? And if it is, how much is it tarnishing him? It is in a, in a weird sense, TJ, only because he's not taking the fight. And it looks like on the outside looking into those who just don't pay, pay too much attention to this business nonsense that he's looking like he's not fighting this guy. But personally, I don't think it's that big of a deal, only because Canelo has way too many other options to fight somebody. I mean, we could probably get a Golovkin third fight out of all things. I mean, money at this point, it's not the money at this point, because they gave him they gave him the money. The money is not good enough at this point. It's like Canelo's telling these guys. It's, it's, it's the tenure and, and, and the control of it. And, and Canelo wants to control. I really think for Canelo, because he can pretty much have any pick of the litter of, of any fighter he wants within two weight classes of him. I mean, it's Canelo. It, I, it's more of a concern now of what, what does Plant do after this? Because uh, the IBF at number you two. You read my mind. You read my mind. Let's go there next here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast as you hear from Marquise Johns. Yeah. TJ Reeves hanging out with you off the BigFightWeekend.com website. This is the podcast, obviously. So if Canelo is moving off of Plant and still trying to fight himself on the 18th, where does this leave Caleb Plant? Because as you mentioned, the Benavides fight has already been announced. It's on Showtime. It's on a different network, not on Fox. And that's coming at the end of August before a Canelo, or I'm sorry, a plant, a Caleb plant fight would theoretically be taking place. Where does he turn if he doesn't have Canelo when he hasn't been in the ring in over six months? Where does he turn for the end of this year? Do you have a speculative answer or guess? My guess, TJ, is a name that was trotted out after the Caleb Truex win that he had back in January of uh, Anthony Durrell is the, the, the only name I've been hearing over and over again at 168. The problem with that is, of course, TJ, he's coming off a draw with a guy in Cairo and Davis who had to move up and wait to fight him at, at one of these bubble shows that they had at the uh, Microsoft Theater back in February, I want to say. So that's all. That's pretty much for TJ, for Caleb Plant. That's all he has left because uh, currently at the IBF, TJ, his current mandatory is not rated. Number two? Not rated. Number three and four are not in the country. So he 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 is looking Anthony Durrell in the face, which is not worth ten million bucks if it's not Canelo. No, it's not. It's not even worth three million, and it might even be not worth be worth uh, two million. I, I'm yeah. thinking it is going to be. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to make a fight with Canelo. I'm thinking it's darn near impossible to make a fight with not rated. You're not going to yeah. be able to make a fight with not rated. That's impossible. Not ra- not raise a tough, tough, tough competitor, TJ. And, and, a, and a great point also as well. And maybe, and if I was playing, I would probably just do this. I would probably just sit this out and see what Canelo does. Maybe he takes another fight with whoever, a Bevo or Triple G. He still has the IBF belt in his hand, and it's not going anywhere. So maybe I'm making, they can revisit this, and maybe he'll either come back to his terms on a later date, or who knows. 
Fair enough. All right. Stand by, Marquise. Speaking of coming back, we're going to come back shortly with Gail Falkenthal, the PR pro from San Diego. More on Canelo and uh, where, what he does next. Is the plant fight still going to happen? With the understanding, again, that you're hearing us as we release the podcast on Friday at some point on the weekend on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, and that fight may get turned back on. Canelo and Plant, and they may agree and say, let's go. Let's do it for September 18th in Las Vegas. We don't know that. But right now, it looks like it's on hiatus. So let's see what happens with that. In the meantime, we will pause here. Gail Falkenthal is with us. We do have fights this weekend, we think. We hope, we pray that we have fights in Newark, New Jersey, and in London. The PBC on Fox show on uh, network TV is Saturday night from Newark, New Jersey, earlier in the day, U.S. time, Saturday night primetime in London. It's the Matchroom Boxing Show, but no Connor Ben in the main event because of COVID-19. We'll go over those fights, and we'll talk some Olympic boxing, U.S. hopefuls for Olympic medals, if not gold. All of that coming up. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit WYNN.com bet.com that's wynnbet.com to find out more right now if you're ready to play if you're ready to win they're the premier sports betting experience download bet and win with winbet and we're brought to you by prop swap america's number one app to buy and sell sports bets find the best odds on the nba championship and the stanley cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on prop swap if you see a ticket you like but think the price is too high submit a bid for the price that you think is fair and then buy it every ticket purchased on prop swap can be resold at any time with one click of the button and prop swap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket should be worth the atlanta falcons right now are 80 to 1 to win the super bowl and they have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the league i know it's a first year coach but they still have matt ryan if you think they're going to get off to a hot start, make that 80 to 1 bet before the season. Then you can sell to somebody that might be interested for a big profit after a matter of only a couple of weeks. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Kind of think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use our promo code SGP and your first deposit is for up to $500 in bonus cash $500 in bonus cash go to propswap.com or download the prop swap app today that's prop swap 
We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in the Best Ball Mania 2 and a chance to win a million bucks. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in, rolling along here on your one stop for everything in the world of boxing. We're even going to get to a little Olympic boxing in a few moments. I've got uh, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise Johns, back with me. Another reminder that however you found this podcast, wherever you found it, subscribe away to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts as well. And again, Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, helping promote us. You can find us there uh, as well. We have said a lot, Marquise Johns, about the Canelo Alvarez sweepstakes and who ends up fighting him. Will he fight in September or not? And again, this is an evolving thing, as we make mention of. You may be hearing the podcast as the weekend goes on. And there are more definite plans. Maybe it's back to Caleb Plant. Maybe it's a definite plan with Dmitry Bivol, the uh, the Russian light heavyweight champion for the WBA. We don't know that at the moment at the time that we're taping. But to try to help straighten us out a little bit, Weak Sauce, mm-hmm. uh, we need to go to the bullpen here and say hello to the PR pro from San Diego. Gail Falkenthal is back with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast to impart some more wisdom, make sure we behave all of the above. Gail, how you doing? How you feeling? Wait, 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 wait. No, no, there was no, there was no patrolling your behavior. in the <laughs> That is not happening. I am roaring in from the bullpen. Cue the sounds of hell's bells for yes. the great San Diego Padre reliever, Trevor Hoffman. There it is. She's channeling her inner Trevor Hoffman oh, right I now am. to join us on the podcast. Yep. I'm going to fire some fast ones. Please. Okay. Enough of Marquise and me about the Canelo stuff. Gail, what's going on? What is, what is going to happen? Yeah. Is he fighting? <laughs> Help us. Canelo is fighting whoever he damn well chooses. PBC's little universe of, um, uh, of minions needs to understand that the driver of this event is Canelo. It is nobody they put up against him. Caleb Plant is along for the ride and they need to play nice if they want to be a part of it. If in their usual form, they want to be control freaks, uh, Canelo's going to let go of the rope and they're going to fall back on their ass. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Dimitri Bivol, his folks are ready to go. They're easier to deal with. They understand their place in the Canelo universe, and they're very happy to play that role. So Canelo knows he's in the driver's seat. He's going to make the call depending on who bends to his will, basically. But they're going to have to do it fast. It's, as I look, the end of July, and 
the fastest anyone could sign paperwork, I would imagine would be by early next week. That gives them six weeks to get ready. You know what, Gail? But it's funny you mentioned that, and, and, and it, you mentioned PBC and, and uh, their, their universe and how they, they are pretty much distorted from reality. The one thing that I don't understand about all of this is the simple fact that no one needs to understand that it's Canelo's rules, as you just mentioned, and we all are playing by them. The, the bigger issue here is for Canelo is who is he facing? And my thinking with it, Gail, and I want to put you on the spot with this, actually, do you think it's going to be a Bevo? I personally, am, uh, do you think it's going to be Triple G by chance? I mean, he's been very, very quiet out of all of this. And that's the one guy I'm shocked is quiet during all these Canelo shenanigans. But we've been through this before. So, Gail, I want to ask you, this, let, let, let me rephrase my, rephrase my question here. Is this anything out of the ordinary leading up to a typical Canelo fight? Because so far leading up to this, this has been pretty much status quo. <laughs> now it, it's the, it's the typical, especially in the later years as Canelo has gained more power in the sport, more pull, more box office, you know, he's the number one guy and everyone else just has to get in line, play along, um, you know, proffer their gifts, bow, whatever it takes. And I think of all of the possibilities out there, Canelo will work with people who are easy to deal with. Because at this point, the money is virtually guaranteed to him. He doesn't want headaches. He doesn't want to go through the mess that was the Golovkin series of fights. And Golovkin has said several times, yes, he would do it, but the noise from the Alvarez side of the fence is now that's not happening. What's interesting to me is the one, the one aspect of the plant fight, which all of us hardcore folks love is, you know, that's a unification fight. But I think what we're seeing, we've had, it's been a great year for unification fights. Truly. This would be the, the third one. Yeah. But that aspect of these matchups hasn't driven revenue. The fans, other than the hardcore who are gonna watch anyway, whether there's a unification or not, the rest of the fan universe doesn't care. So that's a great point. Plant in a little less of a power position, you would think he could dangle that belt. Nah, it's, it's not that important, which is a shame, frankly, the question I have is, is the Bevo fight going to take place for his belt at light heavyweight or is Bevo going to fight at super middleweight? I, full disclaimer, I have worked with Bevo when he was affiliated with main events and Bevo could go to the buffet the night before the weigh-in and still make 175 without <laughs> even... It's just not difficult for him. He's a very slim well-conditioned, good shape, 175. And we should point out, let me add to what you're saying. He has only fought as a light heavyweight his entire 18-fight pro career. He's never fought below 175. So even though that it's out there that he might be willing to come down in weight, could it end up being a catch weight? And therefore, it's not really for either one of their belts. It's just kind of a Canelo fight get paid, it's not for the WBA light heavyweight title, and it's not for his super middleweight championships unless they, they somehow write that in conditionally. I'm thinking, could, maybe catch, I'm thinking maybe catch weight here. I could see that happening, but Bevo has said for years, I can make 168, no problem. 
because he doesn't even have to try to make weight at all at 175. He sits right there in the sweet spot. But like I say, he, he, he can have a full meal the night before weigh-in. It doesn't. But let me share this, and Gail, Gail's my contemporary, and Marquise is a little younger, all right? So I'm, I'm past the half-century mark here, and we all talk <laughs> about what we used to be able to do in terms of eating <laughs> or exercise or whatever. Like, right now, we're taping this podcast, and I have no business after we're done having the cookies and cream ice cream that's in the freezer in the other room. <laughs> But more than likely, that's going to happen. And more than likely, it would take some serious road work and exercise tomorrow for me to work that off. And Bevel is not 20. He's 30. So I wonder yeah. if trying to make 168 might be a bigger issue than what he was thinking uh, previously or the time that you were around him when he's only fought at 175 to come down. I mean, who knows? Who knows? And maybe they end up we compromising don't know and it's like one, maybe they there. compromise Gail and it's like 171. Maybe they compromise somewhere in the middle. I could see them being at 170 or 172 or something like yeah. that. And, and you're right. And that way you've got a Cinco de Mayo event in Las Vegas, assuming the pandemic allows it. And that's another point mm -hmm. of discussion. Which we'll get to. Folks, <laughs> do not make non-refundable travel plans in the near future that's all yeah don't don't go there no matter how tempting the deal is you want to get away well you can't yeah <laughs> bad idea hey, uh, one other but thing that, but that gets him a fight in vegas it get, keeps him right. active and that is the one tip of the cap we should all give to canelo mm -hmm. of everybody out there he has stayed active this would be what is third fight this year is fourth fight Correct. in 14, 15 months. Yeah. Oh, not even this level fight in about of fourth, sport, fourth fight in about throwback. 10 months. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And good for him because the paychecks are there. The fans are there. Whoever's standing across from Canelo to his hardcore fans, they don't care. Right. Yeah. Well, and one other thing, uh, on this, and, and I love the back and forth, Marquise and I go back and forth. So we might as well go back and forth here with you. PBC has been very clear, premier boxing champions on this. And this was the case last December when they were trying to make this fight. And it's not going to change. We're not doing a one-off. We're not doing this where you only swoop in for one fight to win the belt. And bon voyage, thanks very much. I'm not fighting for you again. They required it of Manny Pacquiao. They've required it of all of their other fighters uh, that they've brought along in the stable to do multi-fight deals, guys that have, that have come in. I don't know why this is so hard and so complicated for people to understand. The deal is hung up. They, they, according to Caleb Plan, and I believe him, they've guaranteed Canelo Alvarez $40 million. We should all be so lucky. Yeah. There's no way that Matchroom Boxing is guaranteeing him $40 million. Eddie Hearn doesn't have that. He's, he's having trouble uh, scraping that together for his heavyweight uh, undisputed title fight thing. So in any event, Canelo's not going to get $40 million from Hearn and Matchroom is my point if it's the B-Bowl fight. So this is yeah. not about the money, like you said. This is about he doesn't want to fight a second fight for Premier Boxing Champions after it's over. And to their credit, maybe to their detriment here in this case, they're going to hold the hard line, the joke I've come up with, which Marquise loves, Gail, which is two-fight deal or no deal. The, the, the reincarnation, I guess, of – of uh, Howie Mandel's uh, game show, Deal or No Deal. Two-fight deal or no deal. It remains two-fight deal or no deal, and he will not say deal to the two-fight deal 
And that's why it's not happening right now. And it may not happen at all. I, I don't think it will. If they really don't blink in this stare down, they're going to lose the deal because there is something that matters to Canelo more than this money. Canelo is not digging around in his couch for change. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, for a lot of us, it's unimaginable to walk away from that kind of money. But what Canelo prizes now more than the money, because let's face it, he's got more money than he could spend in a lifetime already yeah. at this point. What yeah. matters to him is his autonomy. He wants to be in charge. And by accepting this deal, even for the limited period it's in place, he has to deal with Al Heyman. I don't think he's having it. He didn't want to do that with Oscar. He's not going to do that with Mr. Heyman. End of discussion. The reason he got along with Eddie Hearn is Eddie was smart enough to do these one-time deals, you know, make him happy, shower him with you know, praise and uh, fancy walkouts and all the yeah. athlete, all the trimmings he loves and has gotten to love. Um, where you know, wearing Canelo's Dolce and Gabbana pajamas. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't imagine seeing Al Heyman in a set of those anytime soon. <laughs> I just don't. So Eddie knows how diplomatically to let Canelo have his way. And I just don't think it's in Al's business personality to do it. You know what's funny? So as we speak with Gail Falkenfall here on the Big Fight Weekend, I, you know what's funny, guys? I want to throw this out there. Uh, Canelo in this IBF belt shenanigans has been twice now. He's had issues with this. Once before we was stripped of it, before he was even supposed to fight uh, Dervinchenko because that fight was never made. And now this one, because this fight won't get off the ground, apparently. It's kind of funny, guys, because TJ, as you well know, my running gag here is that these are IBF belt uh, mandatory fights, and they're usually, they usually suck. Uh, this one doesn't suck, though. So my question to you, Gail, is this, actually. Uh, but outside of pretty much uh, PBC bending over here, uh, what will it take for this fight to happen between Canelo and Caleb Plant? PBC is going to have to agree to it being a one-time deal. That's it. And if they don't bend uh, and agree to that, it's not going to happen because Canelo does have a side door with Dimitri yep. Bivol. Mm -hmm. So he's got options. And the truth is Canelo could say, well, you know, I'll just extend my summer vacation a little bit. You know, he could go down to his boat in Cabo and enjoy himself. Um, <laughs> I think he'd prefer given his pride and his status as the next great Mexican icon. He wants that Mexican Independence Day date and fight. He does want that. But he'll only, he'll only capitulate so far. And right now, that's not going to happen with PBC. The, he knows he's the driver of interest in that fight. He'll be the driver of tickets, ticket sales, pay-per-view revenue. He'll carry the whole promotion. Caleb Plant is not capable of that. And so he can easily do that just as well with the b-ball fight. All right. Fair enough on that. few moments left. We love Gail's insight. By the way, find her at PR Pro San Diego, uh, based out of obviously San Diego, California. Love her insight. Uh, she writes for Com Digi News. She also writes for NewYorkFights.com, and we love her mixing it up on the Big Fight Weekend podcast for a few more moments. You alluded to this. 
we might as well bring it up. It is the elephant in the room, figuratively. Um, we're going to get into this in a few minutes uh, in more detail, but we have a mess with COVID-19 for the fights this weekend in the United States in Newark, New Jersey. Eddie Hearn, speaking of him, his matchroom backyard show. What are you calling it, Marquise? Uh, Hearn Square Garden. Hearn, Hearn Square Garden, as he calls it, <laughs> on the fight I camp. Am. The main the main event is gone. Connor Ben is COVID nineteen positive. Gail, I hate to be doom and gloom, but are we headed to uh, it, once again no fans at these things and bubble shows coming in the in the preceding few weeks and couple of months? I mean, once we get beyond like Pacquiao Spence, are we are we seriously looking at by September that all of this is going to have to go back to bubble shows with no fans just because of fights being postponed left and right in every which direction? What we're going to have to do is tighten up. I don't think we'll have to go back to the bubbles. I see boxing, you know, reading the riot act to some of these guys to tighten up protocols at their gyms, um, set some new rules about who can attend um, and what it's going to take to do that. Is it proof of vaccination? Is it proof of testing? You know, Chicago is pulling off Lollapalooza this weekend. And they are requiring every single attendee to show proof of vaccination or a clean test within 72 hours. That's doable. If they can do it for four days of you know, concerts <laughs> featuring Miley Cyrus, uh, they can do it for <laughs> boxing. And I think that's the way they'll go. But as you pointed out, we've had two fights implode this weekend, main events. Yeah. Um, you know, and that didn't involve the fans. That wouldn't have made a damn difference. Uh, <laughs> fans were being checked in right. Uh, right. by vaccine status. It was the camps. So these promoters are going to have to say, get your act together and clean it up. Watch who's coming in and out. Get yourself vaccinated. And oh, by the way, trust but verify. Because apparently Tyson Fury told Bob Arum he was vaccinated and we all know how that turned out yeah well, i'd say fight fans you know if you really want to attend these fights you know and you don't have that little cdc card laminated in your wallet you best take care of that now and again do not make any non-refundable travel plans Plans, yeah <laughs> this psa on behalf of the pr yeah. pro gail falkenthal yeah. with us all right, uh, so Marquise and I are going to try to make heads or tails uh, out of whatever's left of these pro uh, fight cards in Newark and London, England for this weekend um, shortly after you've departed. Before you depart, you're interested like we are in the Olympics and not just the U.S. men's and women's fighters that are fighting this weekend with the full understanding they may be hearing us at some point on Friday or Saturday, and you already know results of did Americans win or lose. You're very interested in this. We're interested in this. We're writing about it on the site, Gail. Yes, it's offbeat times where we're having to watch this in the middle of the night with the time difference from Japan or early in the morning, et cetera, depending on when the fights are. But we're interested because there are actually some American, particularly some American men, that are getting farther in the competition than, than what we've had in recent, the last two or three Olympics to at least be intriguing that we might see a silver medalist or a gold medalist, right? Yeah, we really have a solid chance at bringing home some hardware from Tokyo. Now, a lot of the fights take place at 10 p.m. or 7 p.m. East, 
pardon me, they take place at 10 p.m. Eastern or sometimes midnight, one o'clock yeah. Eastern time. Right. Not so bad if you're on the West Coast. I warmly recommend that everyone just go straight to NBCOlympics.com. The live streams are all there. It's easy to find. It's all alphabetical. If stuff's live, it's listed. If it's coming up shortly, it's listed. Just, just go comb through it. But we are down in all competition to either the round of 16 or in some cases, the round of eight, which is the quarterfinals. You get through the quarterfinals, you're in the, that round of four guaranteed a medal, at least a bronze. And we have a couple of fighters on the brink of that. Um, back both of our welterweights, both men and women, Delonte Johnson and Osha Jones, are both in the round of eight, the quarterfinals. So good luck to them. Um, Rashida Ellis, and I, I take care to say Rashida Elvis Ellis. Yes, she is the sister of Rashidi Ellis. She's lightweight. She made it to the round of 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and our, he- our super heavyweight, Richard Torres Jr., is yes. also in the round of eight. He looked great in his last fight. Go figure. We're, are we going to have a heady- heavyweight medal from the Olympics after... How how long ago was the last Deont- one? Deontay Wilder's bronze medal in yeah. 08 is the last heavyweight last medal it, of any kind. But the last gold? Oh, you got to go back. You might even have to go back. You go back to uh, Riddick Bowe. You might yeah. go back to Riddick Bowe back 30 years yeah. ago. Are we getting that old Riddick uh, for that? Yeah. Um, wow. Was, was Spinks medal at light heavy or heavyweight? The Spinks brothers were at middleweight and light at heavyweight middle, in that famed 76 yeah. class. Now we really yeah. are dating ourselves. Yeah. The under 30 yeah. olds have Yeah, no we really are because Holyfield's was not at heavyweight. His yeah. Correct. But that yeah. year, Henry Tillman, how about this for trivia? Henry nice. Tillman had beaten some guy named Mike Tyson in the U.S. <laughs> right. Never heard of him. And that? Henry Tillman <laughs> won the gold medal. In the 84 games, but Mike Tyson had a slightly better professional career than Henry Tillman as undisputed champion and also knocked Henry Tillman out in about 60 seconds Yeah, uh, in a fight yeah. right after he lost to Buster uh, Douglas. And, so, and, but yeah, Henry, Henry Tillman is the answer to that trivia question from and, way back when. And one when. more and, we yeah, go ahead. still have in the mix is um, a fighter who has had some pro fights who signed to top rank. Many of you may have seen Keyshawn Davis is still yes. active. As we're recording, he will be in action. So hopefully what you'll be checking into after the podcast is mm-hmm. to see whether he's continued on. And I personally expect him to continue. So he's um, a lightweight he, and he, yeah. and he was, but Gail, he was one of the favorites to medal potentially, if not win a gold and Duke Reagan, who is a featherweight is another one that was potentially favored to medal, if not win a gold. And again, they may be listening to us and you know that one of those guys or both of those guys has lost or won or whatever, but this, we have, we have now talked for like five minutes about Olympic boxing. That's five more minutes than it's deserved in the last 10 years. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. The only fighters who've had success in the last few years were of course, Claressa Shields Shields and Shakur Stevenson. And, and that, that's a pretty short list. Yeah. So so we have a a pretty impressive team, certainly the best team in a long time. 
Um, Jenny Fuchs is out, unfortunately. Yeah. Troy Isley, Isley is out. out. Yeah, but that's you know what the that's not that's not a bad lineup right now. So good luck to all of them. Two other fighters um, from other nations, I recommend that you keep an eye on as long as they're still in competition. Yumir yes. Martial from the Philippines is a Filipino middleweight. Yes. That's okay. unusual in itself. He's trained by Freddie Roach. Mm-hmm. And he is in the round of eight. Um, and he got a stoppage in his last fight. was very impressive. And there is a light heavyweight whose name is Imam Kateev. And he looks like the love child of Arthur Beterbiev and Sergei Kovalev because <laughs> depending on the light, sometimes he looks more like Beterbiev, sometimes he looks more like Kovalev. That guy's a player. That guy you're going to see in the pros. The, if he comes away with a medal, they will be lining up. What, what's the last him. name on the Russian? It is Kateev, K-H-A-T-A-E-V. Imam is his first name, I-M-A-M. I am not using that in the sentence, Gail, but I want to get you out on this also, Gail. Uh, put you on the spot. If uh, We want all of our Americans, of course, to win medals and uh, you know, place and all that fun stuff. But if I had to put you on the spot, Gail, and pick one fighter, who would it be? And why would it be O'Shea Jones? <laughs> I do think O'Shea Jones um, on the ladies' side has a good shot at it. And I do think Keyshawn Davis has a very good shot at oh, it. Yeah. Okay. It will be interesting because, again, court, we didn't really explain this, but it's a quirk that the, uh, the Boxing Federation for the International Olympic Committee said, okay, if you were intending to be in the Olympics 2019-2020, and because we had a year-long delay that was nobody's fault, and you decided to turn pro, we'll let you come back in. And there are a lot of yeah. fighters, uh, not just U.S. fighters, but there are a lot of fighters that did turn pro and are coming back. And you really wonder how much it helped Keyshawn Davis, how much it helped Duke Reagan, and even several others to get two or three pro fights and then step back in to see if that works out for a medal or not. And again, you may have a better idea as Friday becomes Saturday and the weekend unfolds. Who's still alive for the, this is still Gail and, and Marquise. We should mention, this is still going to play out through the middle of next week for the yeah. semifinal round and the gold medal fights later next week. So it will take some time to play out, even if they're winning, right, Gail? Absolutely. And it's such an unusual situation that we as watching the pros don't think about, you know, if somebody gets cut in a fight, they got to fight in another couple of days. It's, it's a much more serious issue. Uh, they've got to make weight for two weeks, for yeah. two weeks, you know, in a series of potentially four, four fights. So that's no small task. I do think to your point, uh, Davis, Keyshawn Davis probably benefited the most of our whole team on his experience being in the top ranked family, having a few fights this summer, you know, being ringside, you know, once they're in the fold in between fights, you know, they're usually around the players at the events being cross promoted. And that could have given him just the boost of confidence alone, having that support system. Um, as we've seen with a lot of people bending under the stress of this yeah. year delayed Olympics and the COVID, you know, Davis has been through the top ranked bubble. What's going on in Tokyo is nothing to him. That's very unusual for a lot of the other athletes. So that's in his favor as well. And he has also been used to fighting in front of nobody. 
Yeah. So not not a big deal for him not to have the crowd there. All good points that she makes. Again, follow Gail Falkenthal, PR Pro San Diego. She is on it at all times. Uh, she's on the Canelo watch like we are. Is it Caleb Plant? Is it Dimitri Bivol? Is it somebody else? Uh, and the Olympics this weekend and whatever fights uh, that are going on. Always love your insight, young lady. I appreciate you hanging with Marquise and me and tolerating us one more time <laughs> on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Yeah, but I, I am not curbing any behavior, so that's, uh, I'm not even going to go there. Why would I want to? Thank you for the invite, gentlemen. Appreciate Gail jumping on with us, Marquise. And, and we covered uh, a lot there on the whole situation with Canelo, which we've talked a lot about and what's going to happen. Again, one more disclaimer. We're going to keep saying this. This could get resolved as you're hearing the podcast this weekend. Friday turns <laughs> to Saturday, et cetera. It's the nature of boxing, right, Marquise? One more time here where it looks like something's not going to happen. And then suddenly, bam, it does happen. And I'll even submit that when he agreed to fight Callum Smith, which was last December, back now seven months ago, eight months ago, they mm -hmm. had been negotiating on, on a quick notice. He got the divorce from De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions. They had been negotiating with PBC and Caleb Plant back then. And what yeah. a surprise, I'll say it again, that PBC was saying last December, last, last October, November, two-fight deal or no deal, two-fight deal or no deal, and he wouldn't do it. So he went and he fought Callum Smith. My point is, they suddenly agreed to that like five weeks before they had the fight. So... We know that September 18th date is floating there. And, and by the way, we haven't made mention on this podcast. It's important for that date, at least in the chronology, because Oscar De La Hoya's fight in Los Angeles is the week before mm -hmm. September the 11th. Anthony Johnson, uh, Anthony Joshua, excuse Joshua. me, unified heavyweight title defense with Alexander Usyk is the next week in September or two weeks later, the 25th. So you want the 18th, the slot in there, especially if you're doing pay-per-view. But they could they could go another week and then suddenly jump back in. Okay, it's a deal with Caleb Plan and be off and running on five or six weeks' notice because both guys are still training right now, right? Absolutely, TJ. He has been ready to go for a while at this point. I think Canelo was posting on his Instagram, you know, him in shape, you know, with the, with the weird mirror selfie of him flexing his muscles. Caleb <laughs> Plan's been been in Vegas training for the longest year, so he 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 has his full, you know, because the ring jack joke with him is a uh, he has his full eight plus weeks of camp as well. They both have they both have time, and the the big thing with this date also, TJ, is that in terms of boxing, they need to lock these dates down for some of these fights because concerts are coming back, other music events are coming back. As Gail mentioned, Lollapalooza. I know in Vegas, I mean, Celine Dion's, you know, is going to want her show back on there. The iHeart Music Festival is one reason why this date's, this date's being pushed around. I mean, there's other music acts as well. I'm pretty sure that everyone wants to, you know, make that tour. And I mean, Vegas isn't exactly, you know, like the smallest town in the world. To well, have and, these, the, and that's events. the other deadline here is, you know, what facility are you going to use, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of interest, you're now battling in the football season again in the United States with college yeah. and NFL football on what are you going to – I mean, let's be honest. A Canelo-Dimitri Bivol fight appeals to his fan base in the U.S., mainly in Mexico. It yeah. appeals to some of the Russian fan base, but how many American sports fans that aren't boxing fans are going to even pay attention to that fight? You might get some of them to pay attention to Caleb Plant because he's an American. And yeah, he's unbeaten. But if it's Bivol, the Russian, I don't think so. 
No, you know, Bevo's a tough sell. It may remind me, TJ, of when they, they the Kovla fight came off on short notice where they had fans out there sort of kind of and it wasn't that big of a deal either. It's, it's, it's kind of a, it's a continuing trend, TJ, with, with Canelo fights, actually, especially the ones that are in Vegas where they're not just, they're not the events that I think people think they are. And that's why it makes this fight, falling by the wayside, really interesting because Caleb Plant, while I think his IBF belt isn't, you know, the big the, the biggest thing in the world, he at least is a draw, per se, and he is a Las Vegas native. So, I mean, he has a following, and the the TV ratings reflect all that fun stuff. But if it's not him, then it's Bevo or, or somebody else regional that we have not heard of lately at 175 that's going to willing to come down or someone randomly at 160 to move up. It's not going to be the same effect with this fight. All right. We'll find out on that. Um, all right. So this kind of segues again with what we were talking about with Gail. We've got COVID-19 news all over the place. Once again, yeah. we learned earlier in the week that the heavyweight main event, uh, Michael Coffey, a former U.S. Marine, kind of late to the fight game mm-hmm. uh, at 35 years old now, but is unbeaten, what, 12-0, and 0, nine knockouts. Yeah. Pretty big puncher. Uh, Coffey was to have fought Gerald Washington, a heavyweight veteran that's won a couple of significant fights, but has also lost some fights. Washington tested positive for COVID-19. I know you've been shaking your head all week at the replacement here. They're still going to go forward. Again, disclaimer number 18 in the podcast. At the time that we're taping this, <laughs> they are going to go forward with coffee and what? Jonathan Rice. Yes. Correct? For the mm-hmm. main event. Not nearly the same interest in the main event. Coffee is still the reason to watch if you're watching at all here to see if he can stay unbeaten in the PBC Fox main event. Yeah, Jonathan Rice, TJ, late replacement uh, for El, El Gallo Negro, uh, Gerald Washington here, who was last seen knocked up against uh, Charles Martin, uh, was supposed to fight coffee here. He caught COVID, as you just mentioned. Uh, Jonathan Rice, TJ, was last seen facing FAA Jogba in what would have been the worst fight of last year during the pandemic had it not been for Danny Jacobs and Gabe Rosado, because that was 10 rounds of two guys standing around at each other doing absolutely nothing. And I don't expect Jonathan Rice to do anything more in this fight. This is one... Actually, TJ, be honest with you, this, this PBC highlight car from the, this, this car from the, from the Prudential Center in New Jersey, it's on because Vito Melnicki's on it to uh, revenge his uh, loss to James Martin in New Jersey, his hometown. He's the, he's the, he's the ticket seller here in this thing. Let's not, yep. let's, let's not hide facts here. Uh, the opening fight is Joey Spencer, who, if you watch boxing Twitter, has been the groan and disdain of a lot of people. But he's fighting. <laughs> he's facing Dan Carpenter and, and what should be another spotlight for him as well. I'm, I'm really intrigued what they're going to do with Spencer, TJ, because – He's had about four or five fights now where he's opened on the card and he looked about the same in every single one of them. That's why he get the disdain in, 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 from all of this. So unless Joey Spencer has a, a new new bag of tricks and, and to open this fight up, it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like. But essentially, you're, you're watching this to see Jonathan Rice get knocked out in five rounds or less from Michael Coffey. <laughs> and again, this is on Fox Network TV. We'll go over the odds here in a second. But just one uh-huh. more time, two of the undercard fights have also been completely wiped out because yes. one of the fighters tested positive late in the week for COVID-19. As we're talking, uh, the Melnecki fight, the rematch with... James Martin. Uh, James Martin, that's still on. Joey Spencer's fight still on, and those will be on uh, TV on PBC on Fox. Spencer minus three thousand. As we look at the odds for sports gambling podcast, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, th- this should be probably an, not just an impressive win. Scheduled eight rounder, one hundred fifty four pounds, but it may even be a knockout against uh, Dan Carpensi is his name who is a plus 1,100 underdog. Spencer should win that easily, if not by knockout is the point, right? 
yeah, TJ, they, they always say before the bell rings, you know, uh, this, this fight scheduled for eight rounds or less. Yeah, take the less on this and <laughs> definitely, definitely expect something in, in terms of a, a highlight reel with this, only because Kaprosi's been inactive pretty much this entire pandemic, and Joey Spencer has. Wow. And it's, 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 it's a done deal for them. All right, so <laughs> Melnecki again lost a decision to James Martin in his last yes. fight. This is the rematch. Melnecki minus 200. Martin, an interesting underdog at plus 160 in the in the co-feature fight starting night on Fox. I think James Martin, TJ, if you were if you were to pick anything on this card to gamble on, and and if you if you do, man, please call me on that. But uh, if you are if you are picking picking something on here, so I think James Martin wins again, TJ. Truth be told, I think he has it. James Martin style is one of those styles for Vito, where he's a young kid. But I think this Martin just has his number in terms of approach for it. And I think if I, I think he's going to repeat. The only reason that I think Vito honestly, TJ, is negative two hundred is because it's in his backyard. If it wasn't for the home field advantage, I think this would be a, a pick em fight. Might that affect the judging? We've seen that before might it help Melnicki if this goes to the cards after eight rounds that Martin's in his backyard as you put it I'll keep an eye on that TJ I'm gonna mention the name out here as well if keep an eye if you see uh, judging some of these scorecards Larry Hazard he's the uh he was the former head of the New Jersey State Athletic Commission I think he still has some capacity in that but usually he's on these cards his cards are usually the ones that you want to question and that may be the case <laughs> well they've used him as the unofficial scorer on the Fox broadcast but you're right he used to head the New Jersey Boxing Commission he was a longtime referee before yeah. he was the boxing commissioner love Larry Hazard in the 80s and the 90s as a referee he did not mess around uh, yeah. All right. And again, uh, for Michael Coffey, minus 1800 and should get, we believe, a knockout in the scheduled 10 round main event with Jonathan Rice. But then again, Rice took the punches from F.A. Ajagba, a big punching heavyweight and lasted the diff- the distance. Uh, you were talking about something about the favorites here and a parlay on the PBC on Fox card. Please, please relay what you were doing the math on. Absolutely, TJ. At the time we were recording this, I was playing with the parlay system here at, at the fine folks at um at uh, my bookie. And if you were to pick all <laughs> favorites, uh, Spencer, uh, Melnicki, and Coffee, uh, if for a, a a modest twenty dollar wager, you would win twelve dollars and seventy two cents. That's why I'm telling you guys to keep your money on save for next week. <laughs> yeah, do something for something else yeah. uh, for some coming fights. Get a dinner uh, for that and a dinner. <laughs> yeah, go eat dinner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. The the again the matchroom boxing card lost the main event. I was so looking forward to see if Connor yeah. Ben was going to destroy uh, welterweight veteran Adrian Granados, remain uh-huh. undefeated, kind of stake a claim that hey, I'm the UK guy that's to be contended with here at 147. Connor, I mean, we got to say this again. Uh, you are the lead fighter, the son of the legendary Nigel Ben, two division world champ. It's the week of the fight. Um, how are you not taking more precautions? This is idiotic stuff. When you're the featured fight on this card, you're the you're the drawing card, and either who you're around, you're not vaccinated, you're not. As Gail Falkenthal was saying, you're not being careful enough with negative COVID testing the people that are around you. This is idiot stuff here. And Connor Ben ruined a great chance to be a main event in a in a fight that was going to get him a lot of notoriety, maybe even not just in the UK, but some in this country, if he was impressive in building his name. It's off. It's all for naught, Marquise. It's it's gone, TJ, and it's and it's a bizarre chain of events where I kind of wonder how soon did Matchroom really knew about this because Connor Ben was on the media calls this week, TJ, for you know to, to promote the fight. 
He wasn't at the party at the end of the day, however, to celebrate with everybody. He was stuck in the hotel room, probably packing his belongings and was told to get the heck out of Eddie Hearn's house uh, where, he, where, he's, where this, was, this, these fights are happening this weekend at Hearn Square Garden. You know, it's really <laughs> it's really interesting with that, TJ, only because that's one of those things where you really wonder what what happened with all of that. And these cars that Eddie Hearn puts on, especially with these fight cam cards, he's had these this, this year before, and these cards – suffer tremendously because of it well but let's let's go back to the origination just real quick of his fight camp was they were trying to have bubble fights and yeah. so what he was saying was bring everybody here we've got a hotel right beside the matchroom headquarters we're going to create a bubble you're going to come into the bubble the week before the fight and stay there you're not leaving you're not going anywhere else you're mm -hmm. staying primarily in your hotel room like hotel room workout center uh, meal room, hotel room, and then eventually out to the fight backyard setting to fight in the backyard. And so they did that successfully by and large. Like they did have some positive tests, but they were able yeah. to have the fight cards. Yeah. Now here we go again with people testing positive all over the place worldwide. The fighters are not bubbled and it, and it drops the main event uh, on a series that he's trying to make. Uh, we'll see. So the undercard is the Chinese featherweight. We've been waiting to watch him get in action. Uh, Khan Zhu. Yes. Um, which again, I'm, I'm always confused. Is it Khan Zhu or is it Zhu Khan? Because Depends on who you talk to. <laughs> the Asian vernacular, the last name, last name is, is always is first. So first. I've seen it Zhu Khan some places. <laughs> so I, I believe Khan is the last name. So when we see Khan Zhu, that's because they generally – uh, for stylistic reasons, refer to them last name first. Anyway, Kanzu yeah. featherweight fight against Lee Wood of the UK. Kanzu a minus three fifty favorite. Twelve round WBA, not the world title at featherweight, but the regular featherweight uh, championship. Uh, some intrigue in this fight. A little bit of intrigue here. Yeah, but Cam Zhu, uh, Zhu Cam, however you want to call him, TJ, he throws punches and bunches. Nah, 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 I hate that cliche, but the last fight he was in was a, was a Golden Boy show where I think he threw over 1,200 punches thrown in the, in, in the fight that he won to, to retain his uh, his version of this WBA uh, trinket belt here. Uh, and it, it is fun because I've originally, TJ, he was supposed to be slated to fight Josh Warrington. Uh, Josh Warrington lost, which kind of threw all of that out the window. So instead, he gets the next best thing here, which is Lehigh Wood, who uh, was last seen on the uh, MTK uh, Golden Contract Series, losing to Jazza Dickens, who eventually went on to win the whole thing. So it's not the, it's not the worst fight in the world, TJ. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how many punches he throws and see how long you know, Lehigh Wood could stand upright for it. But outside of that, no, not real much. <laughs> All right, and again, that's the main event, Matchroom Boxing in the UK, London suburbs, backyard of Matchroom's headquarters. That will be Saturday night, London time, Saturday afternoon, uh, late afternoon, U.S. time, depending on when they start the main event. So we will, we will find out. We will see about that. All right, we have come to the conclusion here of yet another uh, edition of the podcast. Uh, Marquise, anything else? Any other wisdom uh, to share here on all things Canelo, fight or no fight? Uh, COVID-19 uh, robbing us of one main event fight after another here as we wrap up July. Anything else, Marquise? Yeah, TJ, this has been a rough two weeks of, of non-boxing events. It's very disappointing. We went from having possibly a, a, a Tyson Fury Wilder fight to uh, having a whole lot of nothing burgers, extra nothing on them. And it's it's interesting with that. I did want to mention the one tip that I because I got the release on it like everybody else. Uh, congrats to uh, uh, Christina Poncher and uh, Michaela Meyer who are going to doing the international broadcasts of the uh, 
the August show with Joshua, J- Joshua Franco and Andrew Maloney uh, taking place in Tulsa in August. They're doing the international feed. Hopefully ESPN on the plus app and the 5,000 things on the plus app. will put the international broadcast feed on there instead of just the regular broadcast folks. Maybe a hint guys. So, Throw it out there. Uh, just to <laughs> elaborate, they are making history. We believe where it is the first all female broadcast of a male boxing championship fight card. Christina Poncher, who we've had on this podcast before, mm-hmm. love to get her back on has yes. been doing play by play for top rank on ESPN plus and on some of their international feeds and Michaela, Michaela Mayer, who they uh, have obviously been cultivating what WBO featherweight women's champion. She is going to be the analyst upcoming in a couple of weeks, Tulsa, Oklahoma, again, international feed. It'll still be Joe Tessitore, Tim Bradley, Andre Ward on the main feed. That'll be seen in the United States on ESPN, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for the championship fights. So, yes, kudos to them. Uh, great stuff with that. And, uh, again, we remind you, for everything with boxing news, uh, uh, keep it locked in on BigFightWeekend.com with whatever's going on this weekend. Elaborate on that, Marquise. Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing, past, present, future. We'll keep an eye out on the remains of these fight cards this weekend, see if anything happens. Hopefully no one else catches COVID. Hopefully people, everyone, they have time to be hearing this. Hopefully everyone made wait for these fights. We'll find out soon if they were a couple of stones over or not. Uh, <laughs> keep an eye on that. Also, if any developments at, at this point, TJ, because I'm thinking someone's got to – one of these big promotional analysts has got to drop the hammer at some point and say they're, 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 there's a big fight coming down the pike. This this is the ideal time to say, hey, look at us. We have a big fight coming. And so far, we've gotten crickets, a couple of tumbleweeds, and a Michael Coffey, Jonathan Rice fight for Saturday night. So hopefully we'll have something better going on afterwards. <laughs> we will find out. And again, as you always like to say, uh, we love the historical perspective. We, we go back in the past. Uh, incredible that it was 35 years ago that Mike Tyson devastated son of smoking Joe Marvis Frazier in under yes. 30 seconds, uh, about 21 seconds, 21 seconds of the first round. He knocked Marvis Frazier out on his rise to winning the heavyweight championship. Uh, later in November of 1996, that was in July of 96. And, you know, to uh, Gail's point a little earlier before we wrap up here of Canelo yeah. being active, bravo. If he gets back in the ring in September, uh, again, that will be his fourth fight in 10 months. Almost unheard of in the in the present day where fighters fight once a year, twice a year maximum, it seems like, at the highest yeah. level. When Mike, you love this, Marquise, about the activity. When Mike Tyson fought Marvis Frazier on that Saturday afternoon, ABC's Wide World of Sports, upstate New York, he's the up-and-coming heavyweight, the phenom. And remember, this is pre-internet for a lot of fans across the country. They didn't know Mike Tyson. I was joking earlier. He had lost in the 1984 Olympic boxing trials to Henry Tillman. He turned pro later that year. He had gone on a barrage of wins. At the time he fought Marvis Frazier, that was his fourth fight in 43 days. Over the course of roughly six weeks, he was fighting for the fourth (laughs) time already, and he went on and fought another two times before he fought Trevor Burbick. So he essentially fought seven times in the span of about four or five months, seven times in five Mm -hmm. months, and then won the heavyweight title. So you talk about active I mean, you think of present-day fighters being active, fighting three times in a year. Mike Tyson fought four times in 43 days because they were constantly putting him back out there to say, we want to build his name, his persona, the legend, the knockout stuff. I mean, Marquise, it was wild. 
when that was going on. No, it's crazy, TJ, that, that he was five, four four times in 43 days is, is unreal. And it, it's funny looking back at that, at that Frazier fight, TJ, and, and you can test this as well, especially a lot of these early 80s uh, that, when Tyson was making his run with, these, with the knockout streak. Like, before the bell rings, look at the opposition across from Mike Tyson and look at the fear that all yes. these fighters have. Oh, my yes. goodness. You would have thought someone told him that their dog died. And well, they kind of did because my best was knocking these guys out. So it, and, it's, and, it's, and it is easier to fight four times in 43 days. If the fights are only 20 seconds long or around yeah. long, it is easier <laughs> to do that. But to the point where Gail was talking about Michael Spinks yeah. winning the Olympic gold medal, when they finally got together and fought after yeah. like a two or three year dance of Michael Spinks avoiding fighting Mike Tyson. Yeah. Remember that fight only lasted 91 seconds, seconds, but you're absolutely right. When you go back and watch that one uh, <laughs> and they just had what the 33rd anniversary of that fight, that was yeah. what uh, June of 88, either May or June of 88. I'm going off the yeah. top of my head 33 years ago, but you watch Michael Spinks step through the ropes and there's two things. The first thing is he's not sweating. So he either hadn't warmed up or he's so terrified he could not sweat, sweat after yeah. having warmed up. But you watch Spink step through the ropes and take the biggest <sighs> yeah. breath like, oh, my God, I'm actually here and he's about to charge at me and hit me. So you're right. The psychological edge that Tyson had. Bad. Um, and he destroyed Marvis Frazier 35 years ago this week. Uh, it doesn't take long to relive that from Live World of Sports with a very young no. Jim Lampley and Alex Wallow on the card. Alex Wallow gets the great line in like 10 seconds or less into the fight. If Marvis Frazier doesn't move, this is going to be over with very quick. And then <laughs> and he is laid out. out. And so there you go on the historical perspective. So we love the historical perspective. We write about it on bigfightweekend.com and we're looking forward to all the fights this weekend. Marquise, plug away one more time for yourself and the site. Go. Absolutely. Bigfightweekend.com. Keep an eye out for things coming on this weekend. Any boxing news, anything that comes down the pike, maybe this, maybe, maybe plan has a, sec, a change of heart and that it just says whatever. And as this fight goes through, if, if, if it happens over the weekend or anything happens, we'll keep, have, keep you posted at bigfightweekend.com. All right. We'll do that. Follow him at Week Sauce Radio. Our thanks also to Gail Falkenthal. With us, follow her at PR Pro San Diego. Follow this uh, website and podcast at Big Fight Weekend on Twitter and on Facebook. And again, our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Sean Green, Ryan Kramer do a great job of promoting us. Thank you to those guys, their network of shows on Sports Gambling Podcast. We promise better fights are coming. For now, it's the PBC on Fox show coming Saturday night from Newark, New Jersey. It is the first time with fans a big fight event in New Jersey. We'll see what that looks like. The Matchroom Show again has limited fans in England in the back room of the match, uh, the backyard of the Matchroom headquarters. No Connor Ben though in the main event uh, for that. That's Saturday afternoon U.S. time. We'll see what happens there. For now, we are done previewing all of it. Again, read the website BigFightWeekend.com for Marquise Johns. I'm T.J. Reeves. Enjoy the fights, including the Olympics and the Olympic fighters that we were talking about on this podcast. We'll see what happens with them. Read about it on the site. We'll talk about it more on the podcast next week. For now, we're done on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.